Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Evil I'm King. Come on, I want to lay it. We're the Royal Macadamia Nuts. <laughs> is that is yeah. that a, a jingle? It's a song by the Turtles <laughs> pretending to be another band on their album Battle of the Bands. But okay. I was thinking about King Charles today and laughing, and then that song came in my head. King Kamana Wanalea. I love the picture from the coronation where uh, King Charles is sitting down because uh, he's the king, and yeah. his son Prince William is leaning in and kissing him uh, in a church. And it's, it's a very odd, funny eh? picture. It's breaking the final taboo, a father-son kiss. Is yeah. it on the lips? <clears throat> it's sort of on the face. It's not on the lips. It's like the cheek or the head. You know, uh, NFL football great quarterback Tom Brady has been in the news for kissing his young son on the lips on many occasions. Right. You ever, so he, you and guys he ever goes, kiss your dad on the lips? <laughs> yeah, I kiss my dad on the lips and go, mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Brady always whispers touchdown into his son's ear, too. Oh, yeah. He kisses him, and then he goes, touchdown. I used to, if I brought a a girlfriend home, if I was, like, going on a date, and I would, the high point of the evening would always be rushing, you know, getting through the meal, getting the movie, Mm. like, leaving the movie early to get home and introduce my girlfriend to my father so that I could then kiss my dad on the lips in front of her (laughs) and gauge her reaction. And if she was into it, she was a keeper. If she wasn't. No, uh, we're done. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 My dad uh, used to say, we have to have a threesome with your girlfriend first before I approve of her. <laughs> and you guys kissed in the threesome. <laughs> we did that like spit roast thing and high five. <laughs> That's so gross. I apologize, <laughs> so, everybody. Yeah. But it is nice that King Charles and Prince... <laughs> William or or whatever, like, yeah, they're like showing it's okay for a prince to kiss a king, and that should be normalized. That's true. And a know? son to kiss a dad, a son yeah, to kiss a like, dad. Three four hundred years ago, the king would have been looked upon as weak if he let his son kiss him, and then wars like giant years lasting wars would break out. Yeah, uh, kingdoms would be sacked. You know, countries invaded. Yeah, so it's you're good. right. But now it's like, ah, whatever. <laughs> what? What'd you say, Mike? Well, I was just saying. So now it's good. We're living in a better time. Yeah, we're living in a better time. I'm, now I'm just, we're being invaded by uh, AI <laughs> and so microplastics. I'm still, I'm still thinking about kissing uh, old people here, and uh, I won't name names, but there is an older lady in my sphere who. You know, sometimes like hugging hello or goodbye, I think like kind of gives me a kiss on the cheek, mm-hmm. but it wants her, and I'm not related to this person, by the way. Does it feel but, like more? She wants more? No, but the kiss will drift to the, almost the neck for a second. And I'm like, oh. mm, I don't need that. Just a thought. Kissing <laughs> old Excuse people. me? An old lady kind of kisses your neck? I'm I'm not going to explain all the ins and outs, but you know, some say like a family friend kind of thing. Hi, great to see you. Oh, mwah. you know, 
And, she and I'm just saying, like sometimes licks I kiss down. Down. low. So she licks down from like, she kisses your cheek and then her tongue licks down to your neck? Is what no, you're saying? No, nothing like that. Nothing like that. Just, oh. I Does just feel like. your butt cheek? Mm, <laughs> not that I remember. Right. Yeah. Huh. Well, you do have a beautiful neck and this is, I'm Thank saying you. subjectively. Uh, you know what? You have never told me that before, but I actually appreciate that, Mike. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. If I were an old woman, I would have to hold myself back from kissing and sucking your neck. If I were Mike. an old woman and you were James's neck. <laughs> well, you know what? Sometimes when I see like, you know, like some people just, hey, it's my thing. It's customary. I kiss you on both cheeks when I mm. say hi and I say bye. Europeans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but a lot of people in Canada, too, adopt that European tradition. And sometimes when I see an ugly man do that, <laughs> like take the initiative and do that to a pretty woman, I think, yeah, right, pal. <laughs> yeah, you're not from Paris, you fucking hoser. cultural for you. <laughs> oh, it's you're so nice it. to meet you. Let me give you a kiss on both cheeks. <laughs> And a kiss on the lips, too. Why not, eh? <laughs> this is how they do it in Europe. <laughs> this is how the ladies kiss ugly men in Europe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I see that and I go, and I yell. Like, I'll be at, like, Young and St. Clair, and I'll see a man do it. And I'll go, yeah, right, you fucking piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's not your cut. That she's pretty. That's all you care about. You've probably never even been to Amsterdam, you faker. <laughs> yeah, you probably haven't even been out of this area of Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> you think this is the the big city? Ah, oh, whatever. Yeah. No. Yeah. I was Kissing. just driving around the St. Clair Young area earlier today, scoping it out, eh? Yeah, like a a cop. What's <laughs> going on over slow, here? Side sideways looking at people. Why don't you? Uh, Did you bring your gun? Yeah, yeah. It's on the passenger seat. I pat it every now and then, like a pet. <laughs> I was walking like by it. a cop car the other day and i the thought did cross my mind i was like wow i wonder how long it will be until police like until technology reaches the point where they literally can read your thoughts as you walk by and i was like i warned myself and then i laughed at the idea i was like you better be careful michael because not too it won't be long before they can read your thoughts (laughs) but i have thought that myself thoughts like well because i remember going through across the border in the states and they're like, shh, like, be quiet. Don't talk <laughs> shit about them because apparently they have, a, I don't know, equipment that can record your car or something for like a few more feet away from you. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. Heard they have a special microphone that can hear everything in your car an hour I yeah. never heard a mile that. away from the border. Yeah, People yeah, say so that? Can, yeah, so if you dri- start driving away and you go, we did it. We fooled them. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. No then way. Then they can be like, heard you. We fooled Ooh, the U.S. So, government. We were joking. So I have driven by cop cars and been like, is that technology happening right now? Turn on um, the super microphone. This guy looks shady. If any police are listening, send us a DM and let us know. Do you have secret microphones? <laughs> if any police are listening to evil men right now, welcome. How's it going? How do you kiss a girl on each cheek when you say hi and bye? Oh, <clears throat> when, when you see a police officer on the street. 
and you say, hello, good morning, officer. Do you kiss him? Yeah. Not oh a bad my. idea. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do Thank you, the guy. Do police officers in Paris say you get arrested? Do they yeah. put the cuffs on you, then kiss you on both cheeks? Yeah. <laughs> Someone for some brutal crime. Is it's, it more I French hate or that Italian? I have to do this. Yeah. You have the right to pucker up. <laughs> You're going away for a long time, buddy. <laughs> uh, is it French the or Italian? The jury finds you guilty. <laughs> Yeah, everyone, yeah, everyone in the jury kisses you. Yeah, I think everyone they do in the it. jury individually kisses the guy, the murderer. I think they do in <laughs> in France and Italy, but I don't know where it came from. Like I think they do it all across Europe, except maybe the Balkans, where I don't think they kiss anybody. They just stare at you and shake their head. <laughs> in the Balkans, they kiss either cheek of your butt. <laughs> mwah, mwah. And I'm getting back up. Mwah, mwah. You can't get anything done over there because everybody's just bending down to kiss each other's butt cheeks and get back up again. Yeah. It's funny, too, because uh, France and Italy, sort of like Germany's kind of in the middle of those, right? More or less. They don't and strike they sure as, as hell cheek they're, yeah, kissing yeah. people. They're sure as hell not kissing everybody. No. I feel like Germany would like, I could see Germany weirdly like being just coldly sexual, you know? Hand job <laughs> hello. But not a kiss. <laughs> Hand job hello. Yeah. When you think of how like extremely defined each culture is, Germany, Italy, and uh, France, they're so they're similar to a degree, but they're drastically different and clearly specifically defined as different cultures. Mm -hmm. It really makes you think that I actually don't think all people are (laughs) like the same. <laughs> like if you think of an Italian versus a German and a person from France, they're they're, they're different. drastically fucking different. <laughs> they're different culturally. It's really stark. <laughs> I guess you can say that about a Canadian and an American too. Sure, and and Mexico. Yeah. I just did a little Google search here. <laughs> yeah, we're all different. <laughs> I don't mean that in a like judgmental way. I did a little search here, and I found this. Cheek kissing is associated with the middle and upper classes as they are more influenced by French culture. This behavior Hmm. was traditionally seen as a French practice. Yeah, because if you were poor and you were getting your keys... If you were poor and you're getting your cheeks kissed, then that means your pocket watch is missing after that. (laughs) Right? Right. trick. Good point. Good point. Anyways, everybody in different European countries are culturally different from each other. <laughs> yeah, they're unique in a real yeah. way. It's special. Yeah. I wonder if French people do the cheek kissing thing during the midst of the most erotic sex. You know? I wonder. <laughs> like they're having hardcore sex, but then they just do the cheek kiss during. At the moment of climax. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. <laughs> well, you know what? Next live show, we're bringing it to Canada. Yes. Hey, can I mention something that's totally culturally different for me right now? <laughs> yes. Of course. <laughs> um, my friend Josh told me that he's been having cold, like three minute, like cold showers each morning, and it's like changed his life. 
Yeah, that's like a Andrew Huberman uh, thing. As so that's why I was trying to ask you before we started recording if it's the same guy. But he, yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, I started. I've done two so far, and it's crazy different. You're it's having cold, these cold showers in the morning. It's crazy. Like I yelp, I yelp a bunch of times. Right. I think so, I yelled. Are you kidding me? Like and it, and in it's, the it's short, right? You just do it for a couple minutes, right? It has to be short. And you and so you get up in the and what's it supposed to do? Yeah. Yesterday I did full cold in and out like yo, yo, yo. And then this morning I kind of started with the dial in the middle, you know what I mean? So it's not warm, it's not cold, but it's 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 not it's not comfort zone warm. It's still, you know. But then as soon as I got under and got myself wet, I turned it even more colder and then did it and soaked up and the difference is it's extremely invigorating. <laughs> it's a, it's a it's a complete jolt mentally and uh yeah, I don't know if I'm like buying the whole kit and caboodle of like some sort of like fad at the moment, but it it clearly your body jolts alive and you feel a bit like fresher and because and shrinkage uh, you gotta throw that in though too i'm sure there's must be shrinkage yeah my penis shrank to only eight inches <laughs> because I'm of looking, the cold water i'm looking on hubermanlab.com and apparently Huberman. cold ex- <laughs> Huberman, Huber- <laughs> apparently cold exposure um makes your body release adrenaline yeah uh, and something called neo sort Sorry, norepinephrine, which um, huh? makes you feel, uh, uh, sorry, gives you energy and focus. Um, apparently, it also enhances your mood because of a prolonged re- uh, release of dopamine. It increases yeah. your metabolism. Well, there um, you go. I took a dump today already. Did you? I don't think that's metabolism, is it? But yeah, either way, congrats. You digest Chris, your food and, are you, and are you it's taking, ready to go. Are you taking ice cold dumps as well? <laughs> yeah I tried to flush the toilet But the water turned into ice From my own poo <laughs> No but like I'm sorry uh, For anybody who listens to this And Anyways I'm not that gross I, I never go to the bathroom But That's interesting thing- though Because I, yeah. I, I read recently This new thing where You you, you know Well I agree cold about the water adrenaline. therapy yeah. And, is it, and uh, I mean That's interesting that you tried it I felt really reinvigorated or invigorated and the adrenaline boost is real because as soon as I popped out of the shower, I didn't even put a towel around me. I had to beat up three spies who came into my <laughs> house. And so, but I could easily because I was like ready to go, you know, I felt like John nice. Wick after I got out of the shower. I don't think I'm going to do a cold shower because if I can keep even just one if I can choose to make even one moment of my life nicer, <laughs> I will do it. I don't want to make, I don't want to add any more discomfort to my life that I'm already experiencing. The rest so I, of the world yeah. is already a cold shower enough for you. <laughs> well, I will say this Josh had a good point, which is a point that he stole from a, a podcast he was listening to, probably based on this guy Huberman's. Hoover, whatever advice, <laughs> but he said, and it's true. Like we're we live in such comfort zones now that we're so comfortable that we're not 
we're not we don't have like a fire lit under us to jump into action to a degree mm. in a lot of ways. So I kind of, you know, and I move really slowly. I'm a slow mover. I'm very like lackadaisical. Move at my own pace. Warm bath. I take like hour hour and a half warm baths usually reading a book and uh drowning out the world but yeah so it's a very different change for me and i do feel more reinvigorated i gotta say so something maybe there's something hmm. about getting out and of you, the comfort and you feel zone. that all day you you get that blast of cold water in the morning and do you feel that like for a while you tell me oh don't i seem so different <laughs> <laughs> yeah you got good energy Yeah, but we're also recording in the afternoon. True. Do you guys want to do a... Weird. Or way cool. Or whatever. All right. So um, we have a weird way cool or whatever here submitted on our Discord. People tell us a thing they have done, and we tell them if we think it's weird, way cool, or whatever. That's right. Uh, There's... For the judge, jury, and executor here. That's right. And there's one here on our Discord from someone. Uh, She says, when she was in junior high in Calgary, she was constantly getting tons of stuff out from the local library around the corner from her school. She would regularly hit the 99 item limit. And uh, one of those times, they were all due back around the same time. Um, so she kept everything out an extra week because it was spring break and she didn't want to go back to school. And it turns out the fines for having 99 books out for an extra week was like 400 bucks, which she did not have the money at the age of 14. So she just, instead of paying her $400 fine, she just never went to the library again. (laughs) And five years later, she left Calgary and that's that. So it was that weird way, cool or whatever that she cooked up a $400 fine and then just decided to never go back. Question. Mm. Did she return the books or also just keep them and never go back? Good cue. Um, I'm looking. I'm looking. If she kept them, that's quite a bargain. No, she brought it back. She brought okay. it back. She just I, rem- kept things an extra week reminds and me then of brought the, it back. Um, the, mm. the old Jay-Z song. Uh, go on. 99 books and a library <laughs> fee is this major. One. Part of yeah. my problems. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of get that because that's sort of bullshit. Like, for really having these books. I mean, it is insane to have 99 books out. No offense. It is like, insane to have not, 99 books. You're not going to read those in a week. <laughs> How many books is that a day? What's 99 divided by seven? Like 12 books a day or something? <laughs> Or whatever. So that yeah. is crazy. But it's also crazy at 14 to be like, sorry, miss, you owe $400 for having books out for a week. Yeah. If you don't pay it, we're going to break your fingers. <laughs> yeah. Also, how many people in Calgary are using the library to begin with? They should be lucky Great anyone's point. using the library. <laughs> you know what you can also check out from a library in Calgary? And this is the only city in Canada where you can do it. You can check out a truck. only in calgary this is the calgary library phoning to leave you a message (laughs) you have one truck overdue (laughs) um yeah books i think the most i've ever had out is 
two. And even that fills me with so much anxiety because I'm like, the clock is ticking. I'll never be able to finish both of these books. That would be so stressful having 99 books out. Like, you, yeah. you, would, you wouldn't know where you put them. You wouldn't know if you returned them or not. To build I mean, an extra addition onto your home to store all the books. <laughs> yeah. How the hell do you get them back? <laughs> like, like trailing them in a little uh, buggy or something? I think it's actually way cool that she just didn't go back to the library again. Yeah. But I think it's a bit weird. No offense. We love our listeners. Maybe a little weird to take out 99 books at the same time. That's my that's my ruling. Were they all on the same ch- subject or by the same author? I'd also like to know. That's like, a great question. Like, was it 99 Dean Kuntz books or like 99 uh, Stephen King books or Mr. <sighs> Men books? You know, we need specifics here. Yeah, great. I wonder what they were. Well, she was 14. Yeah. I wonder. Harry Potter? Well, no, there's not 99 of those. 99 no Babysitter's Club books? Yeah. <laughs> It drove her to leave her hometown. That's that's wild. I'm gonna say yeah. that's. I think it's way cool because, uh, yeah, you know, taking matters into your own hands and living the life you want to live. Uh, you know, fuck fuck what the haters say. You know. Yes, and the hater in this case being the Calgary Library, the public library, the probably chronically underfunded Calgary Public <laughs> Library. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's actually why they asked for 400 bucks. <laughs> Just to stay alive. Yeah. I'm going to think about gonna, this. I'm going to I'm going to say weird just for the first part, the 99 books part. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's like chill out. <laughs> mhm. Mhm. Give your eyes a break. This is a rare case where I feel like saying, "Hey, maybe watch some TV." Maybe go on your phone. Right. James, you're, um, you're a noted enemy of the written word, and you prefer your entertainment in short, loud, fast bursts. <laughs> Absolutely. When Quippy died, that was a huge yeah. blow to, to me. Um, well, that's that's the weird way cooler whatever for from for this week. Thank you so much to uh, our l- listener there. And if you have one. Throw it on our Discord or send it on our Patreon uh, DMs or or whatever. Thanks for submitting that. Beep, beep. <laughs> hey, by the way, everyone, we've got a Patreon account. Yes. Folks, why don't you check it out? It's at patreon.com slash evil men. And if you go on there and you sign up and you give a few little bucks a month, you get two bonus episodes a month. You get access to our Discord where you can chat with us and submit stuff, submit topic ideas and weird, way cooler, whatevers. Uh, and it's a great time. Um, and you'll be supporting us if you like us at all. It really helps us, you know, do the podcast and do all the things we want to do with all the amazing support from you guys. Thank you so much. If you are on our Patreon, we really, really, really appreciate it. And uh, it's been going great. So thank you so much. And if you can't do our Patreon, I'm not gold. Why don't you, if you could, maybe rate us and review us? That would help, apparently, too. Mike, anything to add? I would just like to say, based on the phenomenal Australian accent you were doing off the top there, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we should specifically do an outreach to our listeners down under. If you're living in Australia, if you're living in New Zealand or Antarctica. 
Antarctica. Yeah. Um, please, we es- we especially need your Patreon dollars. And I just I just looked up. Did you know that the Canadian dollar is worth one point one one Australian dollars? The Australian oh. dollar is worth ninety cents Canadian. We should go Sorry, down there. Australia. We live like kings. Their, their yes. currency is worthless. <laughs> I wonder. I mean, I don't even know if we have a. We must have a couple Australian listeners, but not a lot yet. So I tried to geo block the show so that uh, you literally <laughs> couldn't download it in Australia. So unless yeah, we have hackers in Canada to listen to it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you listen to us there, let us know. So before we move on, let's have a word from our partner, Athletic Greens. I take AG1 in the morning before starting my day, and it makes me feel really good. It really improves my energy. Yeah, me too. I've been taking it every morning with a glass of water before uh, having toast and eggs and anything. And uh, I've noticed a lot in uh, a lot of difference in digestion and uh, metabolism speeding up maybe and uh, overall energy. Yeah, I'm into athletic greens. I got to tell you. Yeah, they sent us uh, AG1 to try out and I genuinely 100% actually really do like it. Yeah. It's helped my digestion too. Feels good getting all your vitamins and minerals at once. It's like complicated if you want to try to take a bunch of different supplements. This all comes together. And that's it's really nice to just have one scoop of powder in water once a day. Boom. There's all the stuff you need. Yeah. Honestly, me got big dumb brain. And it feels like my brain is coated with uh, big hunks of cheese and bacon fat a lot of the times. Yeah. And since I've been taking Athletic Greens regularly, it feels like it's chipped away at that and given my brainal uh, lobes more breathing space, like energy. Does that make sense? Yes. It's a nice way to make yourself healthier without having to do a lot. Here's a package, mix it in some water, and you're doing good stuff to your body. Yeah. So- Yeah, I really have enjoyed getting AG1. I'm going to keep getting it. I really like it. And uh, Chris, it sounds like you do too, my friend. I say yes to Athletic Greens. If you are looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash evilmen. That's athleticgreens.com slash evilmen. Check it out. <sighs> Why me? What is it, Mike? Yeah, Mike, What the, what's wrong? Well, I don't want to burden you with my problems, but sometimes I feel that my online privacy has been invaded. And I have a specific example to give you. Uh, not too long ago, my beautiful bank account was hacked and these awful criminals stole $2,000 out of my account. That's a lot of money. And I hope the police eventually find and prosecute these thieves. Damn. Well, that's a that's a terrible feeling, Mike. Can I make a recommendation? Yes. You've got to check out private internet access. I mean, think about it, Mike. Would you ever hand over your laptop or your phone to a stranger and say, hey, why don't you go take a look at my browsing history? No way, James. That's insane. Exactly. So if you want to stop your internet service providers from always looking over your shoulder and profiting off your data, 
you need private internet access, the world's most transparent VPN provider. With over 30 million downloads, this is the perfect software for staying private online as it hides your IP address and encrypts your internet connection. Private internet access is really easy to use. There are apps available for all operating systems and one subscription can protect up to 10 devices at once. Mike, that's enough even for you, Mr. Tech Head. I've got devices in each of my pockets. Well, just so you guys know, you know, I've been using private internet access for a while. And what I love about it is the peace of mind and how easy it was to set up. I also love it because it allows me to keep snoopers out of my digital life. So if you want to enjoy all the benefits of private internet access, now's the time to subscribe. Head to PIAVPN.com slash evil men and get an 82% discount. Seriously, 82%. That's just $2.03 a month. And you also get four extra months completely for free. But you must go to PIAVPN.com slash evil men for a truly private digital life. One last time, that's PIAVPN.com slash evil men. Hey, get out there and protect your privacy and have a great time. Beep, beep. <laughs> Beep, beep. <laughs> Michael. Um, now, this is exciting um, because Michael is hosting Evil Men this week. He's picked the guy. And I'm actually, shaking. I'm shaking. Did you guys I'm know? shaking too. Yeah. And Chris and I do not know who you picked. I have no clue. Chris, yeah. you don't know either, fun, right? It's one of those fun mystery you know, things mm. where you buy it and you have to open it to find out what it is. Or like a key where... I reach into the basket and I pull out someone's keys and it's who I'm going to have sex with. Yeah. But it's a topic and Mike is the, I don't know, Mike is the basket. I don't know. I'm the basket. I am the basket. Uh, I am the basket. Sorry. I'm going to give you some hints on who today's evil man topic is, okay? Mm. He's the one they call Dr. Feel Good. He's the one that makes you feel all right. Girls, girls, girls. Vince shout, Neil. Shout at the devil. Yes, Vince Neil, the one time and present <laughs> vocalist of 80s hair rock legends, Motley Crue. That's oh, so, great one. Yeah, I love that's this. so surprising and exciting. Yes. Vince Neil. Yeah. Were you, were either girls, of you girls, uh, girls. Motley Crue fans at any time in your lives? Um, Dr. Feelgood was a hot album. Right before Nirvana changed everything, yes, mm. or Absolutely. no, decade of decadence yeah. was really big, and and uh, everybody learned how to play that opening in my yeah in my school. Everybody learned how to play the opening to a uh, Home Sweet Home on the piano. From their hilariously titled album Theater of Pain, that had like yeah. <laughs> Tragedy and a comedy mask on it for Motley Crue. Oh, God. Really cool. I think I didn't know that. I I thought it was from Decade of Decadence because I didn't know any other. Anyways. I I don't. I think I slightly was just like a year or two too young because I didn't really become that aware of music until more early 90s. So I didn't really get into them. And then when I do listen to like hair metal, I I much prefer like um, Def Leppard. Right. Well, you know what? They just did a uh, double headlining tour together, Def Leppard and no Motley Crue. Yeah. Shit. 
Awesome. This is exciting. Also, when much music became free, remember you had to pay for much music at first? Canadians in the 80s. And then it became free. And so for me, I was, yeah. And then it was, I was glued to it as soon as we got it. And smoking in the boys' room, that that video played all the time. Molly Crew's version of that. I do remember being a kid and seeing Vince Neil in music videos and being grossed out by him. <laughs> can I can I ask Mike? I feel like Aerosmith's "Dude Looks Like a Lady" was Steven Tyler taking a jab at Vince Neil. Is that true? I don't know. Who <laughs> is dude? <laughs> But like, if he was taking a jab at someone, it's like, look in the mirror, Mister Tyler. Um, yes, exactly. He could be an <laughs> evil man. He he could. I be. just uh, Google uh, searching Vince Neil, and um, he's not looking great right now. Or at no, least he wasn't when he, this photo was. taken. I was gonna say he looks he looks pretty haggard. He's a little bloated. He, he oh looks boy. tired, and if you see the videos, we should watch one of him. Like he can't really sing anymore. He's lost his once <laughs> beautiful voice, but he looks like a guy. <laughs> Playing in like a small town Motley Crue cover band. Hmm. Yeah, he um, looks like a guy who has a whole plate of nachos before <laughs> getting his hamburger. <laughs> so according- At like a local like small town pub. <laughs> so yeah, but and I want to say also I saw I saw the Netflix uh, movie that came out a couple years ago where it was like super pornographic and dirty and i think it's called dirt the dirt or something and it's based on the biography on motley Crue, right that movie was and oh yeah and machine gun kelly plays tommy lee and it was was it not good or it was good if you want to see something absolutely ridiculous So to circle back here, um, the okay. origins of the song Dude Looks Like a Lady by Aerosmith, I'll just fill you guys in. Steven Tyler came up with the idea of the song while at a bar and mistaking Motley Crue's lead singer Vince Neil for a woman with long blonde hair. Tyler's Boom. bandmates made fun of him, joking about how, quote, the dude looked like a lady. Motley Crue's Nikki Six in his book The Heroin Diaries states that the song was inspired by Neil. Amazing. Wow, great pull, Chris. Do I get... A Terrence Balazzo quiz prize? Yes. You get a big plate of the fried snacks. Funny imagining (laughs) that, huh? Like a Steven Tyler being like, ow, look at that foxy mama or whatever. And then his and then uh, the the guitar player with long hair is like, Steven, that's Vince Neal uh, from uh, Motley Crue. And then Joe Perry. Yeah. Joe Perry goes, that's Vince Neal from Motley Crue. And then uh, Steven Tyler goes, oh, man. That dude looked like a lady. And then Joe Ro- Perry's like, wait a second, Steven. Cut to them in the studio. I just singing. got an idea. <laughs> you think Steven Tyler hey. turned to his uh, 12-year-old wife and was like, I can't believe I got fooled. <laughs> uh, Are you a boy or a girl? Yeah, he just like starts tripping and thinks the whole world is <laughs> tricking Also, him. Steven Tyler spent all of his life around men with long hair. He couldn't... <laughs> In this one case, couldn't uh, yeah. tell that Vince Neil was the guy from Motley Crue. But also, yeah, yeah he can't even write that song now because it's okay if a dude looks like a lady. Absolutely. Yeah, it is funny imagining uh, yeah, Joe Perry be like, why did you think he looked like a lady, Stephen? That long hair! 
hair, Joe. <laughs> but anyway, Stephen, all your male friends have long hair. But it's nineteen eighty seven. Your impression of Joe Perry is amazing. But, <laughs> but Stephen, you have to understand. <laughs> Stephen, stop freaking out and get those ribbons on your microphone stand. Are you sure he's not a lady? <laughs> no, Remember Steven. when I said Janie has a gun? Is Janie a boy or a girl? <laughs> Janie's got a gun, and I don't know if it's a dude or not. <laughs> yeah. Is that a lady over there? No, Steven, that's a microphone stand. <laughs> With your bandanas all over <laughs> Loving an elevator. Living it up with a dude I don't looks like a lady, I guess. <laughs> like he's just losing his mind. Originally it was called Love and a Lady. And they're like, oh Steven, that's an elevator. I thought it was a lady. <laughs> elevator looks like a lady. <laughs> Steven just proposed to that elevator. Someone needs to help him. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to kiss the door. <laughs> so this is some rock and roll history, listeners. This is awesome. Mm. So shall I jump into the the uh, amazing story of Vince Neil? Okay, jump Mike, right put on in. your swimming trunks and jump in the pool. Trunk Everyone, it up. Yeah, imagine that we're on Sunset uh, Boulevard in 1986. We got long, mm. blonde, blonde dyed hair and a car full of women with big hair, and we're all drunk driving. Cause that features a lot in the story of Vince Neil. <laughs> uh, sometimes for fun cool. and sometimes with tragic consequences. So yes. Vincent Neil Wharton was born uh, in 1961, and he is an American musician. <laughs> <laughs> He's the lead vocalist of heavy metal band Motley Crue, and he fronted them from their formation in 1981 until his departure in 1992, and he subsequently came back with them for reunions. Outside of the crew, he's also released three studio albums as a solo artist, and I know we all we all own them. I'm sure all of our listeners own them. Uh, the most recent of which was called Tattoos and Tequila. Although his oh, later that life is has- so evocative. That's I mean, awesome. Juxtaposition much? Tattoos mm. and tequila, right? Mm. The man um, that created this uh, car accident where everybody died was on too much tequila and had too many tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> um, so although Mr. Neal's later life has seen a lot of focus on his poor live performances, because he really can't sing anymore, uh, and his offstage controversy, his aesthetic and, and distinctive vo- uh, voice sort of set the standard for like, yeah, glam metal hair rock in the 80s. Okay, so most people know okay. him. He's a very famous man. Did you guys know he was literally born in Hollywood, California? Wow. What an advantage. You don't yes. have to move to Hollywood. That's where you grew up. He's no Axl Rose taking the bus into the jungle from Indiana or whatever, you know? Hmm. Yeah. He was born, yeah, 1961. His mother, Shirley, and his uh, father, Clovis Odie Horton. What the uh, hell? Has, he has Mexican ancestry on his mother's side and Native American ancestry on his father's, right? You know how when you go down the uh, the Amazon River, you get deeper and deeper <laughs> into the thick Amazonian rainforest, and there's still probably like tribes of uh, people there that 
have don't really know what modern civilization is like at all. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's way harder for those guys to become the lead singer of Motley Crue. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Chris, you hit the nail on the head there. <laughs> You're right. Vince Neil was lucky to be born right into where exactly Motley Crue could be created. No sweat. <laughs> so true. Yeah. His parents were smart. <laughs> So uh, he was interested in music as a teenager. I mean, the guy just li- eats, breathes, and sleeps music. <laughs> but, <laughs> I think the teen- best Mike laugh of all of this series was when he said Vince Neil was a musician and started laughing. That's the, it was perfect. Uh, thank you. Uh, but Neil, he was also a well-rounded teen. Uh, he was also apparently interested in surfing, basketball. And Michael, he's also a well-rounded adult. And by that, I'm referring to his gut. <laughs> James, what if he hears this? Uh, he liked basketball, baseball, football, and wrestling, <laughs> in addition to to music. Now, who cares about him before Motley Crue? Vince Neil <laughs> was discovered <laughs> while performing with his band Rock Candy, and he joined Motley Crue in 1981. Awesome. The newly formed band was seeking a lead vocalist, and they were impressed with his performance. Uh, I guess Tommy Lee had scouted him out and was like, hey, we should check out this guy. He's into surfing and baseball and singing as well. Um, With Motley Crue, Neil made his recording debut on the band's 1981 debut album, Too Fast for Love. And it was their next album, 1983's Shout at the Devil, that brought Motley Crue to international stardom. Uh, great album. Great album, great message, you know, shout, shout the devil. Shout, shout, shout at the devil. <laughs> this led to a uh, phenomenal string of hits throughout the 80s, uh, including Girls, 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 and the number one album, Dr. Feelgood, uh, which included the song Dr. Feelgood and Kickstart My Heart. Kickstart My oh, Heart. That was, was a good one. Jam. Right? That's yeah, a that good sounds one. good. Ah! About Nikki Six dying. Missing. Yeah. Oh, that song's about Nikki Six dying. Yeah. Yeah. He got. Sorry. Oh, it was like a heroin. One of his many heroin overdoses. Yeah. He was the like bass player or something. Yeah, and I think one of the songwriters. Um, but yeah, that was a hit one. But they also had big hits like ballads that "Home Sweet Home." Um. That song "Without You." They had a bunch of hits in the eighties. Anything I'm missing, Chris? That uh... I'm looking it up because, yeah, I feel like we just skipped through a bunch of. Um, yeah, but I'm not also. Oh God, yeah, theater of pain. Yeah, smoking in the boys' room. Their yes. uh, cover of that was huge when I was a little kid. I heard it everywhere, and like I said, I saw the video. Girls, girls, girls. Album was. Huge. It had singles Wild Side, You're All I Need. Wild Side. Yeah. It yeah. was huge. They were huge. They were the biggest thing in hair metal on the Sunset Strip. Like they were before like they were before bands like Poison and uh Winger and Warrant and stuff. Like this was like They started all that probably, eh? Remember yeah. uh do you guys remember this? Oh, Nikki Six wrote Shout at the Devil, Looks That Kill. Looks that kill, yeah. Him- him and Tommy Lee wrote Home Sweet Home. Nikki mm-hmm. Six wrote Livewire, one of their first songs. Yeah. Yeah, he was a huge writer. I remember Mick getting... Mars was apparently like 58 when they started the band. <laughs> yeah, he was much older and very <laughs> sick all the time. And there's recently been some Mick Mars news, which I'll get to soon. But, uh, and okay, Mick Mars sweet. is like the bass player? 
no, he's, he's like the guitarist. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, my brother Terrence had, I think, Theater of Pain and uh, the Girls, Girls, Girls cassettes. And I remember one Christmas, I got the Dr. Feelgood cassette from my uh, my Aunt Anne, who looked like Roy Orbison, and my Uncle John, who was the French-Canadian truck driver. And as she gave That's it to me, awesome. she was like, this is bad. The Oprah Winfrey talked about this music, is the rock music that has bad lyrics in it. And uh, <laughs> But why did she give it to you then? You asked I don't for know. It. I have no idea. <laughs> Can I tell you a story I, that haunts me to this day? And yes. I'm way, it's way, way back in the past. I was a little kid. And we had these family friends called, the, well, they were an old couple and uh, family friends. And they were older, like they were like grandparents age to us. And uh, one Christmas, my my family always had a Christmas gathering, like a night or two before the actual Christmas. And they're sitting on the couch and they go, this is around 1989 or 90 or something. And they go, Christopher, do you like new kids on the block? <laughs> And I go, no, I hate them. They're so annoying. All the girls like them, but I hate them. You know, I like rap or whatever, you know? And they're like, oh, okay, okay. And uh, Christmas morning comes along and the present from this couple is handed to me. And it's the New Kids on the Block cassette. And I instantly regretted being so negative about it. And they're now they're dead and I'll never get to tell them. No, I like the Ghetto Boys and NWA. <laughs> yeah, you stupid old idiots. You'll never understand oh, my thanks. generation. <laughs> Did you say like, thanks for the gift? No, because they weren't there on Christmas morning. Oh, mm. no. You know? Right. Yeah. That's, 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 that's awful. That kills me. I was so oh. blatantly... I wasn't even careful. I had no foresight. But also, you know? in your defense, these old people, you don't buy a young boy like... <laughs> oh, God. I would buy a boy, boy band cassette. You know? Yeah. You get him a Samantha Fox poster or a... Um, yeah. I don't know, a, a toy gun, you know, that kind of thing. By the way, I just Googled Mick Mars and present day. He looks kind of like the, if the emperor from Star Wars dyed his hair black and wore eyeliner. He suffers from this rare oh. bone disease or something where he oh, like can't I didn't move. Know that. So, sorry, Mick. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Did not know that. Apparently his Apologies. bones are from Mars. <laughs> hey, Molly Crew being okay. You're gonna bring this up. Okay. So I'm gonna say so. Uh, there was this really tragic thing that happened just as Motley Crew were like really hitting their stride and like becoming you know internationally successful. And they they had a reputation for being like wild party animals. Like several of them, uh, like Vince Neil and Nikki Six, were both like uh, majorly like alcoholics and like addicted to coke and heroin. Right, party animals, um, and, and Tommy Lee was like basically plowing thirty girls a day. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he wasn't addicted to heroin, or maybe he was, but he was also addicted to to kissing <laughs> girls. A lady's vagina. Yes, yes. Well, well said. <laughs> LL Cool T. Um, in so in 1984, this is like a famous, awful Motley Crue story. Um, the crew boys were all partying with this, this band from Finland called Hanoi rocks. And so this band they had met in the UK, they were partying at Vince Neil's home in Redondo beach. 
and they had like a four day like binge drinking drug session. And at one point, um, they were like, we're running out of booze. So Vince Neal and the drummer from Hanoi Rocks named Nicholas Razzle Dingley got into Vince Neal's car and Vince Neal was totally drunk and very quickly he lost control of the car. He was like speeding and he hit an oncoming car and the two people in that car were seriously injured, had brain damage. And the drummer from Hanoi Rocks, Dingley, was killed in the crash. Yeah. Damn. That's in the film and book The Dirt. Right. I saw a recreation of that. Right. So he, he was like, we blew way over the limit uh, on the breathalyzer. And surprisingly, though, he only got 30 days in jail uh, and a five-year pro- probation. And he had to pay like and, a couple million dollars. Dude to- who killed another dude looks like a lady. <laughs> Remember that dude I sang about before? Well, I've got some, I've got an update. Eh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, eh, dude who killed another dude and also left two people brain dead. Uh, it looks like a lady. <laughs> he had to undertake 200 hours of community service. Yeah. <laughs> you got like a lady. <laughs> <laughs> you know what though? It's hard to not speed and drive recklessly when you're drunk. Like that's how you drive when you're drunk. So yeah, what are you supposed true. to do? Yes, I I agree. Um I can't believe he only got 30 days in jail. That seems Yeah, like I how mean, maybe he, that's normal. I don't know. How did he work that? I'm not sure. All I can see is that, yeah, 30 days in jail, five years probation. He had to pay a couple million dollars to the victims with brain damage and had to do 200 hours of community service. I guess they had a great lawyer. I guess he had a great lawyer because I don't know. Um, mm. And he was paroled after only 15 days for good behavior. What? Yeah, <laughs> like, but when you're a rock barely star. enough time to judge. Yeah. Well, you haven't yeah. killed anyone in the first 15 days you've been in jail. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to let you go. <laughs> well, he slept for the first five. <laughs> and he looked real then he cute. he had breakfast for two days. <laughs> <laughs> then he yawned and stretched for two more days. Yeah. It was pretty good. Maybe he had like a rock and roll judge who was like, ah, I just want. Yeah, the judge's wig was like. Yeah. Long bleach blonde hair. <laughs> I got tickets to the crew. We got to get this guy out of prison. <laughs> yeah, we got to get him out before your concert. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I got a BJ to your song, Girls, Girls, Girls. <laughs> uh, judge, I don't know if that's appropriate. <laughs> this guy's awesome. <laughs> I sentence you to rock. <laughs> Prosecution's I, like, your honor. <laughs> the court finds we got to get Vince Neil, Neil out of jail as soon as possible so they could get back on tour because I got tickets to their show. <laughs> um, Motley Crue, though, they did dedicate their third album, Theater of Pain, to the memory of uh, Razzle, the drummer from Hanoi Rocks, who died oh. at, in the crash. Shit, that's sad. But maybe that's where this pain element came from. Yes. Yeah, True. You know, there's, there's more to Motley Crue than meets the eye. Now, that's a tragic story, but yeah. let's, let's talk about something a bit more lighthearted. So, a few years after this tragic car crash in 1989, Vince Neil had a small role in Police Academy 6, City Under Siege. <laughs> really? No way. I don't remember yeah. that. Even the one through five, hey? Number six. No, he held out. 
He held out for six. Um, Those were yeah, all filmed let, in Toronto, right? So that was that was probably filmed here. I was thinking Vince Neil probably walked these streets where we're recording uh, yes. to shoot Police Academy Six. That's amazing, you know. Yeah, it was filmed in. Uh, well, at least some of them were uh, filmed at Humber College. Yes. Anyway, sorry, carry on. So, so in the scene, Michael Winslow uh, does sounds of Vince Neil farting. <laughs> 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 That wasn't me, man. <laughs> Cut it out. <laughs> Michael Winslow kept doing the sounds of car crashes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so the scene that Vince no Neil did. No offense to the Hanoi Rocks drummer. That's really sad. It is very sad. That, that, we can't say that. <laughs> uh, the scene that Vince Neil was in was filmed, but sadly, like so many things in Hollywood, it ended up on the cutting room floor. Uh, no. And the scene, in the scene, Vince How Neil... How did he get cut from Police Academy 6? Maybe he crashed his car into someone on during the take and uh, they cut it out of the movie. I don't know. <laughs> okay, um, listen. Uh, the first four Police Academies were filmed in Toronto, um, but not this one. This was uh, no. filmed entirely in Los Angeles, but some of the landmarks and people in the film reference Toronto. I saw that as a and I shout out to the yeah. first four films being shot uh-huh. there. Yeah, okay. That's but now nice. that I know that the, all f- the first four were shot there, that means that Bobcat Goldthwait was acting crazy in Toronto <laughs> during Police Academy Two. That's so awesome! It's amazing. It's amazing to know part of our history. Sorry to cut you so off. So they just reference Toronto randomly in Police Academy Six. Like, man, your that your boner's like the CN Tower, man, yeah. or whatever, right? Why are you arresting you know, they, me, uh, cop? You're acting like an aggressive blue jay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do you... Uh, yeah, stop licks hamburgersing me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if there's a licks anymore anywhere, is there? I don't know. They seem to have closed. I, I don't know. Um, do you guys want to hear about another prominent film role that Mr. Neil landed? So, Ooh, in 1990... Vince Neil had a small part in the classic film, The Adventures of Ford Fairlane, starring. Uh, it was like a vehicle oh, for Andrew Dice Clay, and he I played. Remember nice. that. Yeah, he played uh, a lead vocalist in a fictitious rock band who uh, is killed on stage, which I guess is the inciting action for the film. Uh, and, That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I haven't seen Andrew that movie. Andrew Dice Clay might be a good evil man at some point. You know what? Yeah. His real name is not Andrew Dice Clay. It's oh. actually Andrew Clay Silverstein. <laughs> I'm not joking. Interesting. Yeah, I well, believe it. I love that. I don't know if he's a real... I love that. Yeah, I don't know. Now, in all this madness, you know, all the partying, all the amazing film roles, <laughs> some of which were cut out of the final you know, product, uh, Neil, like, there were tensions forming in the band, Vince Neil... Uh, was also like wildly out of control, still partying. Here's an interesting uh, little detail. Producer Tom Worman, who produced much of Motley Crue's uh, albums in the 80s, said that Vince Neil was the least artistic and least involved in the creative process of all the band members. That's surprising. Wow. Really? Yeah. So what the hell did he bring? I guess just saying the song. Just that awesome look, his wild behavior, and his like inimitable vocals, you know? So he didn't even like hum melodies and go, what about something like that? (laughs) I mean, well, oh, to be a fly on the wall at, at, you know, their rehearsals. I don't know. 
Jesus but Christ. Things got so bad. So he was so messed up drinking and partying and drugging and stuff that uh, following the release of Motley Crue's greatest hits album, Decade of Decadence, that was in 1991, uh, Vince Neil and the band parted ways. His drinking was beginning to affect his ability to perform, right? In 91, when Nevermind came out. Yes. Actually relevant this time. Changing of the guards. Uh, apparently, he was so drunk on stage that he couldn't remember all the lyrics to the chorus of Girls, Girls, Girls. And he would just go, Girls, Girls. What's my line? <laughs> and they'd be girls, like, you're supposed to say girls, girls three times. Yeah. He's like, girls, girls, things. <laughs> band meeting. <laughs> so, yeah, the other band members said that Mr. Neil was holding them back. And uh, they also blamed Vince Neil's uh, interest in race car driving uh, as the reason for their decision. They were like, you're. You got, your, your focus is too split because for a while he was like big into the into car racing, I guess. Which is a lot of his story involves drinking and driving and the combination of drinking and driving. He just loves he loves driving and he loves <laughs> drinking. So it's quite a thrill. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> what kind of race car driving? Like NASCAR or something? Uh, he was involved in motorsports. Yeah. Uh, what was it? He pursued a oh, part-time no, actually, career. Like indie, indie lights. Wow. Uh, I don't know exactly. Indie car. I don't know anything yeah, yeah. about racing, but he uh, he raced a bit in the 1992 season of the motorsport sport indie lights. Anyway, I um, killed a guy. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, and I did 30 days in jail. Wow, that's <laughs> all right. Well, actually, I only did 15. That sounds insane. I'm so I'm sorry. I'm still hung up on that. <laughs> um, Nick's uh, Nikki Six apparently told him at this point before they fired him. He said, "We are down here working, and we want to be here. This isn't going to happen if you don't want to be here, and we have to force you out of bed every afternoon because you've been out drinking all night." And uh, mm. Tommy Lee accused Vince Neil of failing to contribute to the creative process. Then Neil stormed out, and he was damning a- words. Yeah, we're trying to write, uh, you know. A song about the hottest chick in the world giving you a, a hand job, and you're not even <laughs> excited about this. <laughs> <laughs> he was replaced by a singer named John Korabi from a band called The Scream. So he went solo. You guys are big uh, Vince Neil solo guys, right? Oh yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Actually, my favorite. Albums are by Vince Neil solo and David Lee Roth solo. <laughs> I like heavy metals, like glam metal singers solo. I when don't they like the yeah. original band. That's yeah. when the good when they stuff. do funny, yeah. funny songs. Yeah, he had a bit of a hit in 1993 uh, with the single "You're Invited But Your Friend Can't Come," which was on the soundtrack for Encino Man, and Polly Shore that. was in the video. Nice. <laughs> And maybe Brendan Fraser. Wasn't Brendan Fraser in Encino Man? Yes, he yeah. was. I wonder if Vince Pre- Neil saw the he whale. He was the caveman. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if Vince Neil saw the whale. And was like, hey, hey I used Paul, to work with that Paul- guy. Yeah. <laughs> Polly Shore as well. I wonder if he saw it. Yeah. Um, Vince Neil pursued briefly an industrial type project, like industrial music. I guess this is around the time where he was like, I guess Nine Inch Nails are big. I should do something. And he had a project called Carved in Stone, uh, 
Uh, produced- he changed his name to Vince Nail. <laughs> Uh, That's so embarrassing. Like hair metal's dead yeah. because of grunge. So he's trying to find a new angle. Like what's the next big thing? Oh, nine inch nails and filter. Yeah. David so he- Bowie also did that. Yeah. <laughs> but I kind of liked that song. I'm afraid of Americans. <laughs> right. Vince Neil, David Bowie, two guys cut from the same cloth. <laughs> At the end of the eighties, you got to see how lost David Bowie was. Remember Tin Machine or whatever? Yes. Yeah, not that, uh, not great. But uh, what did it sound like? I don't know it actually. They released like two albums, and it was like it was his attempt to be like we're a band. I I we're not. I'm not David Bowie. I'm just one of the guys in a band. And oh, it was kind what? of Tin Machine, huh? And they had some not singles. A good name. Yeah. Um. <laughs> anyway, Vince Neil did this industrial album produced by the Dust Brothers, and it sold fewer than a hundred thousand copies. And he lost his record deal with Warner Brothers. <laughs> Didn't the Dust Brothers, they did like, I remember, I think they did the um, Fight Club soundtrack. Like they were kind of like. Uh, I think they produced Beck too. Right. Yeah. They were like big at that time. But for some reason, I thought they were more like techno-y kind of like uh, crystal method kind of stuff or something. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're thinking um, of the Chemical Brothers. I'm not sure. Because they did yeah, Odelay, they, they did Midnight Vultures with Beck, they did uh, Bridges to Babylon, the Rolling Stones album. <laughs> they also got their hands into like sampling, multi-layered sampling with Paul's Boutique with the oh, Beastie Paul's Boys. Oh, Paul's Boutique, right, right, right. Yeah. Hmm, okay. So anyway, uh, he had more time then to pursue his love of racing and drinking, I guess. Uh, briefly... Vince Neil, he's had f- four marriages. He was he's been blessed with four wives, and he's, <laughs> he's uh, crazy most- to think he said "I do" four times. I do. He's a hopeless romantic. <laughs> no, I really do. <laughs> I do this time. <laughs> uh, sadly, Steven Tyler's there. That lady's marrying another lady. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, dude looks like a lady marrying another lady. Do you think he invited the the entire cast of Police Academy to all of his weddings? <laughs> eh, eh, dude looks like a lady was on the cast. Of- oh, Editing <laughs> floor of Police Academy Six. <laughs> Steve Gutenberg looks like a lady. <laughs> so this is Actually, interesting. I don't think Steve Gutenberg's in Police Academy Six. Oh no! Damn it! I was I was hardcore Police Academy as a kid. Damn it! Um, Damn it, dude! I thought you guys might get a kick out of this. Neil hmm. married his fourth wife, named Leah Garardini, in 2005, and the ceremony was officiated by none other than M.C. Hammer, who is an ordained minister. What? Dun, 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 you can touch this now. <laughs> now, they knew each other because they had both been part of the reality show The Surreal Life. Do you remember that show? Oh, That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Right, because... I'm sorry, Mike, if I'm jumping in too soon, but... um. They also gave Vince like a, yeah, he had a reality show too called like, it was like a date. It was like, um, uh, Flava Flav, Flava of Love with Flava Flav, but it was called like something else of love with Vince Neil, I believe. Are you confusing that with Brett Michaels? Maybe I am. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Sorry. That was Rock Rock of Love, I think. You're right. I thought they were the same guy. James, Vince Neil and Brett Michaels couldn't be more different. 
guys, you know what? I'm being fucking dead serious right now. I 100% thought this was the same guy. Oh, God. Dude. I thought Brett Michaels and Vince Neil were 100% the same person. No. That's like saying the- France is like Germany or Italy or something. <laughs> yeah, it's fucked up. I'm not up. saying it's good. I just, I honest to God, thought this was the same person. James, I'm so fucking mad right now at you. <laughs> Do you feel like bizarre, James? Like tripped out? Like the whole like world is like what's real right now? A little bit. I mean, yeah. I, I don't mean to be mean. I don't like to make comments about how people look, but I also find that Vince Neil and uh, Brett Michaels have a particular look that just <laughs> grosses me the hell out. They both evoke this in me. Well, you yeah. grew up outside of Orangeville. That's right. <laughs> um, so guys, I feel like that look is still happening. Oh, probably. <laughs> it is funny. I guess when you leave this uh, big city and you go to the suburbs, that 80s hair rock is still very much in vogue. Like it's... Uh, you know, it really is in L.A. Yeah. Like, I've really noticed it there more than anywhere, that the the sort of 80s hair metal thing, I don't think it ever died there. Because like, like, at least they're as local bands. Fashion thing. Oh, like, when yeah. in L.A., it's like, everyone knows them. Yeah. I feel yeah. like Nicolas Cage is still, still dresses like 80s glam me- metal. <laughs> yeah. So, guys, it's, it's the late 90s, and both Vince Neil and Motley Crue's fortunes sort of waned and they're they're getting a little desperate you know these bands had been knocked off the charts by glam and new metal and stuff and uh in 1998 vh1 aired an episode of behind the music about motley Crue, and uh something there was a renewed interest in motley Crue, and it was issued on dvd and sold well and uh they agreed, Motley Crue and Vince Neil, that things weren't going well. So they reunited and they released the album Generation Swine, right? They were back. <laughs> awesome. Debuted at number four on the Billboard charts. Wow. Billboard knows all the good stuff, eh? Billboard Baggins. And <laughs> they, <laughs> the, uh, the album Generation Swine had a song called <laughs> Shout at the Devil 97. <laughs> oh, awesome. That's what I want is like sequels to my 80s. Remember when we shouted at him back in the 80s? Well, we're still doing it in 97. Has anyone done that before? Just call a new song the same thing, but with a new, with the year by it? I think it's pretty common with like acts or singers who are trying to get back on the charts. Like, Uh, okay, so I'm looking here on Wikipedia. The Collector's Guide to Heavy Metal gives Generation swine a nine out of ten but metal forces gives it six and uh, rolling stone gives it two stars out of five so i don't know who to believe probably collector's guide to heavy metal (laughs) (laughs) it's hard to know who to trust (laughs) i know yeah Um, so things you'd think things were going well they're number four oh my god brian adams co-wrote a song with them on that album. What's the song called? Glitter. Whoa. It's written by... The lyrics are written by... No, the lyrics and music are written by Nikki Six and Brian Adams. That's so fucked. Those two guys, like those two messed up guys collaborating on a song? Yeah. Brian Adams parties hard Canadian style. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Generation Swine is derived by... Uh, uh, for like a, I guess Hunter S. Thompson wrote a book called that or something. Oh, 
So shout out mm. to Hunter because he parties hard too, eh? He did. Oh, or he did. Yeah, shit. <laughs> so right, Generation Swine is like they're back in business. They're touring. They got a hit album. However, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Tension soon erupted within the band. Uh, and this time, Tommy Lee left the band, right? He was like, fuck Ooh. you. I'm taking my gigantic penis and, uh, you know, finding my own thing. And he was replaced by a new guy who then died not too long after. And the Ooh. the tension was between Vince Neil and Tommy Lee. And apparently, according to Vince Neil, Vince Neil said that Tommy Lee, his problem was that, quote, he never really stuck to what made him what he was, which was rock and roll. If hip hop is in, he's a hip hopper. If punk is in, he's a punk rocker. If Tommy had fucking tits, he'd be a spice girl. Right. Holy shit. Yes. You do not say that about Tommy Lee. No. no. Although it's kind of true because do you remember Tommy Lee's rap group called Methods of Mayhem? <laughs> yes. Oh, I thought they were called like documents of destruction or something. I believe it was Methods of Mayhem, and I remember <laughs> the video was like it was like get get naked. Yeah. Baby, make it hot. Yeah. Get get naked. I don't know. You get they the were idea. really good. Yeah, they had like a yes. DJ and tried to r- ride that wave of like new metal rap. Yeah, rap infused metal. Tommy Lee and and some little fella. I've seen the. Uh, oh, so he was trying to be like Kid Rock too. Yeah, I've seen them that VHS cassette of his giant hog honking the boat horn when he's on a honeymoon <laughs> with Pamela Anderson. All aboard. He honks a boat horn with his dick? Yeah. You didn't see the video? The classic? I think I've seen a little bit of it, but I don't remember that. What did he do? Wrap it on a steering wheel or something? Um, Yeah. To be honest, when he's honking the boat horn <laughs> with his giant wang, that's not the part that most boys <laughs> J.O. to. Play that part again. <laughs> beep, beep. Oh, yeah, baby. I mean, some boys for sure would be like, yeah, that rules. But I don't know. I guess for the most part, we wanted to see Pamela Lee kind naked. Kind of annoying, Tommy Lee. You're a drummer in a heavy metal band that makes it. You're a millionaire. And you have a world famous giant wang. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know? And you have two cool kids with Pamela Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> not fair (laughs) the three evil men co-hosts we all wish we could have a little bit of what tommy lee has yeah no one's gonna go oh those three evil men hosts you know uh you know what they say about their wangs i mean (laughs) tommy lee has the best life you heard it here first on evil men (laughs) this neil on the other hand seems to suck Yeah. So they uh, took a little. Um, hold on. Where am I here? Uh, so Vince Neil is now touring. They have a new drummer. Then they took a little break, and Vince Neil was getting into all sorts of. You know, he never stopped partying, kind of. He was getting into all sorts of legal problems. In 2002, he was arrested for punching a record producer in a nightclub parking lot. Uh, in 2003. He was arrested for assaulting a sex worker in 2004. He also assaulted uh, – sorry, he was arrested for assault at a fight during a show where he left a sound man unconscious. So he, he, has, mm. he also has a string of like 
more DUIs. In 2007 and 10, twice he was arrested for DUIs. He's been charged with misdemeanor and battery of different women. Uh, this is a crazy one. In, in 2016, Vince Neal was charged with misdemeanor battery for assaulting a woman who approached him for an autograph. And he he pulled her to the ground and by her hair and was beating her up before Nicolas Cage pulled what? him off of her. Oh, my God. I remember that story. So I guess he was partying with Nicolas Cage and that woman just had the uh, audacity to ask for an autograph and Vince Neil lost control and attacked her, which is crazy. And me referencing Nicolas Cage earlier was foreshadowing. Absolutely. So, so yeah, what he's the hell? Why would you beat up a woman? Because any reason, one, and two, for asking for an autograph? I don't get it. Yeah. You can't imagine that's happening very often. Unless he thought she was being sarcastic. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you dare. Um, So wait a minute. Did he like, he was married four times. Did he have like physical abuse issues with his wives as well? Not that I can see with his wives or girlfriends, but with with other women. From what I can see, none of his wives ever charged him for assaults or battery or anything. So at least that's, at least that's romantic. I guess. That's really nice. So, finally, the boys put their differences aside a second time for a second reunion. And uh, the Motleys got back together in 2005. uh, And they had a tour called the Carnival of Sins, which featured acrobats, fire breathers, and according to Wikipedia, this is their word, a midget as part of the overall circus atmosphere that the band created. And they they seem like a band that would be like one of those uh, that would find the idea of a little person like, we got to get one of them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Just not the the greatest taste or, you know, sense of. uh, That's a bit harsh. Austin Powers was also big at that time. (laughs) Yeah. So they were like, hey, how come we don't have a mini us? (laughs) Um, I'm looking ahead here I'm so sorry Mike if I'm stealing your thunder here but they had a compilation a best of volume one and volume two that was called music to crash your car to (laughs) did you know about that is that serious yeah in 2003 2004 music to crash your car to volume one music to crash your car to volume two that's that's being a little bit flippant with the your personal history, considering that he killed a guy and caused brain damage to two uh, innocent victims. Yeah. Inter- interesting. But Yeah. They should have called their compilation album The Hanoi Rocks Guy. <laughs> I can't. I honestly really can't crass. believe that. Yeah. It's literally called Music to Crash Your Car To. If he didn't literally do that, it would be kind of funny. But what the hell? Yeah. Seems like he did it a lot and he killed people. So, boys, you're sure you want to call this comp? Yes, we do. You're sure, though? <laughs> That's, uh, yeah. Like you said, James, the maybe they don't The next compilation album is going to be called Huge Hog from that video y'all saw. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they, they had a, like so many bands like this, they had a like final finale goodbye world tour in 2015. And then... In 2018, Vince Neil is like, oh, we're back together. We're, we're making new music. They were offered $150 million to tour in 2019. It's been claimed. But with a stipulation that Vince Neil uh, had to lose weight and go to rehab. <laughs> and? I guess he did. 
Yeah, that's, just, that's why he's looking so fucking amazing these days. Yeah. Mm. Here's a weird detail. I'm, I'm almost <clears throat> done here. We're almost at the end of our tragic tale. Um, Vince Neil in 2016, he claimed that he had been contacted uh, by Donald Trump's people and that he was scheduled to play at the Trump inauguration. Uh, but then hours after he made the announcement, he officially was disinvited from the inauguration and his band never played. So I don't know what happened there, but I guess if he was in the running and he was into playing the Trump inauguration, he must kind of be a fan of uh, Mr. Trump. Yeah. Very, very disappointing. Well, they had an, they had a compilation album here that came out in 2005 called Red, White and Crew. Mm-hmm. So they okay. clearly um, patriotic. Patriotic. Yeah. yeah. Red, um, white, and crew. Red, white, and crew. It's very clever. It's like because they like also had a two. Th- yeah, they're poets. Yeah. <clears throat> they so, also had a 2008 album here. Did you know about this one? What's it called? Um, Obama is the devil. Saints of Los Angeles. Yes. And all four of them are back together yeah, again. That's when they put the, Vince and Tommy Lee put their beef aside for the benefit of all of us, so they could continue making music together. And you brought but up Chris, yeah, yeah, Mick Mars before, and James, you put your foot in your mouth by making fun of his appearance, even though he's a sick man. So there was recently, I didn't know. as recently as like okay. last week or something, uh, Motley Crue were in the news because Mick Mars is suing them alleging that the band were trying to like that they fired him because he said he couldn't tour anymore because of his illness. So they're like, they've replaced Mick Mars with another guitarist named John five. Who's like part of the metal world, I guess. And uh, they're going to tour with this guy. And Mick Mars is like taking the, the fellas to court, but they are preparing to work on new music with Bob rock. Ooh. And John five. Spells five with a couple X's like Nikki Six too. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's fucked. It's to- totally fucked. These guys, they're fucking. Their, their whole lives are fucked from another planet. You'd think a guy also who'd been involved in the literal death of a friend from drunk driving would kind of cool it on at least like associating himself <laughs> with alcohol in the public imagination, but he actually. Uh, he has his own vineyard. He has his own like wine label called Vince Vineyards. He makes a nice cab- Vince Vineyards. Cabernet Sauve that you might be interested you, you in. You pour yourself a glass of wine and you then you, 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 you take a sip and then you pull a big long strand of like big blob of hair out. <laughs> hey, it's Vince's blonde hair. <laughs> the bandana is in the bottom of the, the bottle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Guys, that's it's- basically... The amazing story of Vince Neil. And have you guys heard his his recent vocals? I, I, I'm going to send you a link, and I can maybe drop the audio in uh, afterwards. But I'll send you the link. And if you want to hear what the guy sounds like these days, maybe I'd love to. click on that YouTube okay, link. Listen. And we can all listen yeah. sort of together. And uh, Tell me when to start. Um, do you have it loaded, everybody? I'm loaded. No, no. Hold on a sec. Where'd you send By it? By the way, after this, I have oh, one yeah. other little tidbit. Anyway, okay. It's in the Zencaster oh, chat. Ready. I'm nervous. Oh, here he comes. He's, he's looking good. 
Sounds like Grimace on stage. <laughs> yes. on his vocals or anything they just kept it real as hell and the, the chorus is like sounds professional <laughs> yeah yeah he's like basically fully not singing the only part that sounds good anyway uh he's yeah. just on stage because it's him he just has like a nasal voice that's like out of breath he's not singing he's just like like he's like there's no it doesn't feel like there's any singing going on <laughs> but the chorus is like all perfectly harmonized <laughs> i feel really Um, bad for him because he just wanted to have fun and sing and then all this trouble happened to him yeah well hey by the way before we stop i googled um if if he had a sex tape (laughs) and he did and uh, a website called loudersound.com listed their five worst rock star sex tapes ever made and at number two is Vince Neil with adult actress Janine Lindemulder. Oh, is this the one where he, he hired spills, her or was he dating her? Uh, I don't know. Like, did he oh, think but, but it I says need it to looks make totally a staged. Yeah, Yeah, Chris, there you it, go. It, it says it looks completely staged. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's where he's, he's behind her. While he's eating a Whopper, and then the juice from the Whopper is leaking onto her butt. <laughs> yeah. By the way, just for a little added info, their number one worst rock sex tape of all time. I didn't know this was this was a sex tape. Kid Rock with Scott Stapp from Creed. What? Never heard of that one. <laughs> okay. But apparently, they, uh... it's them, them and some women. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not the two of them having sex. Hey, free country, you know. Fred Durst is number three. Right. Kid Rock and Creed are my two favorite musicians. <laughs> oh, um, I hear a loud noise coming from the other room. Oh, the room is the door is opening, and smoke is filling the uh, the room. I guess it's time for us to say hello to the Evilometer. Look at him. He's got a bandana on. He looks like he hasn't slept in weeks, and he's bloated, and he sucks at music. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh, hey, Evilometer! Hi, oh, Evilometer! Great costume. Why you so, look so sad, Evilometer? Oh, he why said so that serious? He was in a tragic accident. <laughs> oh, well, uh, great job, Mike. That was very fun and interesting. Thank uh, you. I, I guess I'll give uh, Vince Neil. I don't know. I guess it. 2.0 <laughs> I mean it's really bad that he well I mean he seemed like a jackass and the drinking and driving and killing people was really bad and the making light of it's bad and the abuse yeah. Yeah. but you know he really on the overall scale mm-hmm. but yeah definitely a jackass mm-hmm. yeah he's the one they call Dr. Jackass <laughs> Chris what would you what you would you give this, this podcast? podcast? That motherfucker called me a jackass? 
I'm like giving him a five for his total blatant disregard of any other human life and yeah. beating women uh, on the street. That's pretty. Yeah, Not bad. like you should. There's a proper protocol to beating them anywhere, but it's like it's even more reckless if you're like, I have no decorum. I will just beat anybody up on the street. Yeah. Uh, it just seems like he's fucked up and he's uh, selfish and doesn't care about death and brain damage that he's caused in the past and also probably inspired millions of teenage boys from the 80s to be the same way. Because right. Molly Damn, was good one, so Chris. big. Yeah. We're so lucky grunge started when we were turning into teenagers. Yeah. I all, agree. Yeah. All those like self-reflective suicidal types like kept us down to earth, I guess. <laughs> well, I'm going to give Mr. Neil, I'm going to go slightly higher than both of you. I'm going to give him a 9.6 for... <laughs> oh my God, Michael. For, yes. Almost Hitler. Almost Hitler levels. Um, That's great. Here's my reasoning. He, yeah, seemed to not learn from any of his mistakes, and he seems careless with human life. Uh, with you know, mm. after killing a friend, drinking and driving, he keeps doing it. Uh, yes, assaulting women, uh, unforgivable. And mostly, though, I'll say the I'm giving him such a high score for creating and singing some of the worst music ever recorded in the history <laughs> of uh, civilization. So. <laughs> Kickstart my heart is good. Cool riff. <laughs> well, that was really fun to do on a it's the it's the Queen's birthday here in Canada. Yeah. Whoop. Queen, not even Queen Elizabeth. It's this is this holiday's for Queen Victoria, right? Yeah. And uh yeah. so it's a beautiful sunny day in the afternoon. Happy birthday, girl. Yeah. You you You're looking you good. get yours. But uh, it's a beautiful sunny day, and we all had a holiday, but we stayed inside to do a Zencaster episode while the sun shone through the windows. Mm-hmm. So that's nice, and it was worth it, because we got to joke about Vince Neil for a bit. <laughs> yeah, instead of enjoying nature. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor not feel so good, in my opinion. Uh, but that was a great episode of... This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 